0: Wow. Amazing. I can't think of a better reality to unite around than what we just sung. Amen? Amen? Oh my goodness. He is worthy. How beautiful. Thank you, team, for leading us, uh, unifying us around those powerful, magnificent truths. Uh, That we can acknowledge and remember and remind ourselves of on a daily basis. We have one more week together in scripture memory from the gospel of Mark. And uh, it won't be too much longer before we are breaking over and uh, starting the gospel of Mark together. Uh, So why don't we go ahead and recite Mark chapter 8 for one final time. Then Jesus called the crowd along with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Mark 8, 34. Thank you. Uh, In your weekly, every week, there is a communication form uh, on this card. And this is a way, if you're new to our community, uh, maybe whether you're in the building or online, you're looking to perhaps just find out ways that you can get involved here and learn learn more about Calvary Monument Bible Church, Uh, this form is the form for you. There's all kinds of uh, things that you can note or mark on it, and there's boxes in the back. You can drop it in there uh, along with your tithes and offering uh, as you leave today. Also, if you weren't aware, today is Promotion Sunday at CNBC, so all of our children and youth that are in uh, moving into certain age groups are bumping up into new classes. We had some exciting children in our house today that are bumping up into new classes. You can find information about that uh, in your weekly on the promotion time bulletin there. Mike, I want to thank you uh, for praying with our students or for our students today and uh, identifying the reality that uh, we have begun a new school year. A new school year is in our midst and along with uh, new school years come transitions. Kids are growing, they're moving into new classes and they're getting to go into their schools and meet their teachers. Some of them already know their teachers really well if they do school at home. Others are meeting their teachers for the first time. And it's an exciting time of year. Our, one of our children went to uh, meet his teacher at elementary school this week and she said, are you excited for school to start? And he looked at her and he said, no, <laughs> no. He, uh, he's our child that's, that's really, uh, he has the gift of speaking his mind. Uh, you know, we, we uh, oftentimes in these transitions can get a, a bit confused and it can be a little awkward. Like when your child tells his teacher uh, that he's not looking forward uh, to the school year starting. This is the same child who uh, just a few weeks ago during football camp brought uh, lunch one day and we were sharing lunch together with the whole team and he had packed his lunch and he uh, came to the table and he sat his lunchbox down right next to our head football coach. Now our head football coach, he, he happens to be a, a pretty uh, intimidating individual and, and our child sat down right next to him and he opened up his lunchbox And our coach looked over at him and was looking at the food, and he looked at the coach and he said, quit looking at my food. (laughs) Yeah. Where do we go from here? (laughs) We're working, we're working on it, we're working on it. Many of us probably have entered a season or a time in our life where we have had to address this very question where do we go from here and then the text we're going to explore together this morning there has been major upheaval there's been major triumph as well but there was still a question that was remaining among the 11 disciples the closest friends of Jesus who had gathered Where do we go from here? If you have your Bibles today, you want to turn to Matthew chapter 28. We are going to be considering this question as we study together the words of the Great Commission found in verses 16 to 20 of Matthew chapter 28. And before we read those verses, let's pray and ask God's guidance and wisdom as we prepare to study together father thank you for your word we thank you for its power and its effect Uh, lord i'm still moved by the words we just united and sung together from every nation and tribe you've called together a people you've done it and we stand in awe and wonder with a heart to worship And we are thankful people, grateful people, people who uh, deserve nothing that we've received from your hand. And yet graciously and mercifully you have given in abundance to us. Your love is magnificent. We open your text this morning. We read from these words. We do this as a community, Lord, because we know that it is in these words that your Holy Spirit works to form your people to help us to grow, to help us to to learn and to understand how you want us to live and move and be outside the walls of this physical space that we're in together right now. And so, Father, I pray that as we study these words together, whether we're here today in the building or we're watching online, that you would use these words, your spirit would move with effect, and that you would help us to learn and grow, to be salt and light in the places that you plan us this week. Help us to honor and glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came. So very much had happened in the days and the weeks that were leading up to this event, where now 11 disciples were gathering as one unit on this mountain that had been appointed beforehand by Jesus, where they would gather. All of them had witnessed the betrayal and the arrest of Jesus. A few of them had remained to witness His trial, among them there were some who had denied there were others who had doubted many of the eleven had abandoned jesus there were only a few that remained that were present for jesus's public execution on the cross perhaps there were others who had assisted in his burial that were present in this group then came the resurrection where We knew the women were confronted by the angel to go and tell the disciples that Jesus had risen. Some of the disciples received this message. They heard it and they ran to the tomb. We remember the testimony of Easter morning. That great race between Peter and John. But others, like Thomas, ignored. Wishful thinking continued in doubt. And as Matthew was reflecting on this pivotal and transitional time in the lives of the disciples, he chose to end his gospel in the same place where it begun. Thus, Galilee, in Matthew's eyes, marks both the beginning and the end of Jesus's physical earthly ministry. Friends, the upheavals The disturbances in our lives are filled with myriads of responses, emotions, and dispositions. In the minds of the disciples, the death of Jesus had to feel like the end of an adventurous, even if tumultuous, three-year window of ministry. And yet... This finality was dissipating upon the hope that Messiah had indeed been resurrected from the dead. Perhaps there was something more. And if Jesus was resurrected and walking among them alive, well then, what did he have in store for the disciples who remained? And here at the end of Matthew's Gospel, we come in direct contact with the resurrected Messiah and the message that he had prepared for his anxious disciples. Matthew reveals the condition of the group. If you look at verse 17, it says, When they had saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Clear and concise. Concise. The resurrection of Jesus and his appearance before the 11 disciples created at least two responses. The response of worship and the response of doubt. Still today, friends, the resurrected Jesus produces these same responses. Some of us, most of us, I pray who are gathered here today, or watching online, desire to and remain in worship of our resurrected Lord. And then there are others among us, perhaps within our families, extended communities, who doubt the veracity of the resurrection and his ongoing presence with us. And friends, it's important that we remember how we respond and relate to the resurrected Messiah is of eternal consequence. And what is interesting to note is that even those who were doubting had chosen to follow the instructions of Jesus to move to the appointed rendezvous location in Galilee. Even those who doubted had listened. There was enough curiosity to compel them to come and see for themselves. The number 11 is specific enough in our text. There was Peter, who had denied Jesus, along with Thomas, who had doubted. Then there was John, who we know loved Jesus and had been tasked with the care of Jesus' mother, Notably, absent from the group, we remember during Jesus' life there were 12, but notably absent from the group here would have been Judas, who had betrayed him. What would become of him? And all at once, in the same huddle, we have some who needed restoration, others who needed convincing, and some who were just marveling in worship, in awe and wonder of god that is true as we gather today that is true of our communities of our neighborhoods of the people that god brings us into relationship with there are some who need restoration there are some who need convincing and there are others who are worshiping marveling in awe and wonder After moving to the place where they had been instructed to go, the burning question among them remains. Where do we go from here? What are we going to do now? It is a question that Jesus is soon going to settle by reiterating the authority that had been given to him and then establishing a common mission for all of his disciples To unite around. Look again at verse 18. Jesus says. All authority. In heaven and on earth. Has been given to me. Time and time again. Throughout the gospels. And in a few other locations. In the new testament. Jesus reminds us. That his authority. Was given to him. By the father. And the absolute. And bedrock authority of Jesus will be the foundation on which he is going to deliver the Great Commission. As Jesus has been resurrected and as he's ascended to the Father, his authority on heaven and on earth is being realized as his disciples continue to carry on his work as we are equipped and empowered by our helper, the Holy Spirit. We sung about the Holy Spirit this morning, the one who is still here helping us. Today, Jesus not only makes the authoritative claim that he will build his church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, but he has all authority and all ability to make this claim a reality here on earth. And so today, friends, we can have full confidence that the question that Jesus will answer regarding where we will go from here is an answer that's grounded in full authority of the divine. And the question of authority is important in part because boundaries have been and will continue to be broken as the gospel is spread and begins to have effect. This news that the disciples had been given, it was a message from old. It was one that was first given to the Jews. It's breaking out of old wineskins and pouring into a world of new potential and opportunity. Hope, life, new birth, a right relationship with God through Jesus was and is available to any and all who would believe and the authority of Jesus is, is not historically limited like that of the political leaders of his day it wasn't limited by birth tradition or heritage as that of the religious leaders nor is it limited or controlled by natural or physical forces Jesus has authority over everything amen that includes Satan. That includes demons. He even had authority over death. His authority is absolute and eternal. And by this authority, Jesus would see to the establishment and the adornment of his bride. Today, friends, the church. And by his authority, he is building his church, using his disciples as they remain faithful to the call of the Great Commission. Thus, the church, as powered and fueled by the Spirit, is the living organism that God has determined to use to draw all of those who do not yet know him unto himself. And while there are many today who may disregard the church, you, maybe you hear this, maybe you have family members, and they say, oh, church is old. Church is, is, is irrelevant. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, we, we love God, but, but we don't go to church. There are many today that might disregard the church as maybe even ineffective. But the truth remains that the church has been and will continue to be faithful to teach embody share and live the message of jesus and the hope of his gospel that we will be because of jesus alive and relevant until he returns that the contents of the law and the prophets are now to be read through the lens of his commandments and his work. Jesus' commands, his interpretation, the way that he lived and embodied or filled up the law of the Old Testament are the true and greater interpretations, understandings, and applications of the law and its contents. The church would be built on the cornerstone of Christ, not on the law and the prophets. It would be built on the cornerstone of Christ, his person, his commands, his work. Fair question that might follow that, might follow this admonition to teach everything that he had commanded. We might ask, what is it that Jesus commands. It's a good question, right? What did Jesus actually command? And I would add that answering this question comes with a caveat. The caveat is that in answering this question, we don't become guilty of the sins of the religious leaders of the gospels. The religious leaders in their attempt to understand, interpret, and apply the commands of the law, burdened, and weighed down the people to the point of despair. Jesus came, and he said, my yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is what? Light. Jesus took then all of the 600 some, I think it was around 632 laws, and he summed them up in two commands. You remember this interaction? The Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. They assembled together, and one of them, an expert in religious law, asked Jesus the question to test him. In verse 36, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor. As yourself, all of the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. In all the gospels, Jesus delivered what could be interpreted. If you went through each of the four gospels, you might find 49 different commands, or around 49 different commands that, as given by Jesus. but there remain only two that he prioritized as greatest: love of God and love of neighbor. They are the commands that we look through as we seek to apply the other commands that he gave. The question that resolves the other commands that Jesus gives is how does Jesus anticipate that loving God and loving others is going to look in the lives of his disciples? And it's out of that question that he gives and we see how to apply the other commands that we read. The greatest thing that we can teach others after they have believed and received Jesus, identifying as one of his disciples, is how we are to love. And this is what Jesus spent his time on earth doing. Not just teaching people how to love, but showing others how to love demonstrating it himself as well the best example of what true love looks like as it's applied in life is the example of Jesus amen Jesus teaches us how to love amen amen Amen. he is you know the world has many different ways that they're going to define love you go into the world you can find a thousand different definitions of love singers singing about it, writers writing about it, poets writing poems about it, historians trying to understand and interpret it. You can buy volumes of books on love, but the single greatest volume on love that we have in the world is the Bible. The example, the testimony of Jesus. The practice and the application of the Great Commission Flows out of the lives of disciples who are seeking to live out and fulfill the great command. Friends, as a father, I can't think of a better thing or a more valuable thing in this world than to call my children to belief in Jesus and then to tell them to look at Jesus and to learn from Jesus as an example of how to love and how to live in this world. And I'm thankful that the whole of scriptures is filled up with this example of love. It's both a privilege and a humbling reality that Jesus is sharing this authority with his disciples as he's telling them, calling them, commissioning them to go into all the world, to make disciples, to baptize, and to teach them his commands. And you know, as we gather today, it happens to be a fourth Sunday at CNBC. And one of the practices, one of the activities that we've designated or set apart for four Sundays uh, is to encourage, to support the task of disciple making in this world. It is important. And it's important that that though all of us as disciples can apply the spirit of the Great Commission in our daily lives, we have to distinguish and remember that there are others among us who we support and partner with who've been called to practice this and live it as their calling and profession. These are our global partners. And at CNBC, we have many both here in the States and spread throughout the globe. We want to honor their work and understand it's different from the work as disciples that we've been given. To them, this great commission is their calling. It's their profession. It's how they make their livelihood, sharing, spreading the hope of the good news. Their work is a testimony to Jesus' faithfulness to continue to build His church. And they are faithfully, actively doing this work throughout the globe. Some even right here in Lancaster County. And so, on these Sundays, we gather and we we celebrate them. We hear from them. In fact, later in the service, we're going to hear from Laura. I'm so excited to hear what God's been doing as she's been working here with uh, migrant and refugee populations right here in Lancaster County. But one other way that we also try to grow our awareness as a community is you might have noticed this blue sheet in your bulletin today. And we put this in in the fourth Sunday of every month on the Sunday that we support our global partnerships and it has the name of many of our global workers or initials on it. And under each one, it has many different ways that we can participate in global ministry at CMBC, by upholding each of the people on the sheet in prayer. I would encourage you, put this on your refrigerator, put it someplace visible in your home. What a great witnessing and evangelism tool to friends that you invite into your house, by the way. What's that sheet on your refrigerator, that blue sheet with all those names on it? What is that? Well, I'm part of a community that that believes that Jesus is doing great work throughout the world and and he's brought these global partners to us and they're involved in sharing his hope, the hope of the gospel with other people and, and we support them in our community strategically and we empower them and we partner with them and we send some and they encourage us when they bring testimony back and we hear about the light and the hope of the gospel going to these different places in the world. Many of you here I know personally receive newsletters from global partners that you might support that are communicating you about with you about the work that they're doing overseas. It's been an encouraging new development with technology in the past year. or So on Wednesday evenings at our prayer meetings, we've been able to have global partners live streamed into prayer meeting from Ghana, from Costa Rica, Nepal, Haiti. It's been amazing. We've had global partners from all over the world tune in and share on on Wednesday evenings with our community that gathers to pray. What a beautiful way to keep in touch with and encourage and support one another. Our global ministries team continues to meet monthly, and in their meetings, they always open with prayer as they discuss strategic support of our partners more opportunities that we can pursue an initiative recently something exciting to announce this morning to you congregation recently we've been able to add a new global partnership to our network of partnerships as we've partnered with a family that's with omf we're so excited about what god's doing uh, in the work that that they're doing and we have an annual conference that's held here at cnbc and that's again to grow our awareness on the up-to-date and and learning about the ever-changing and advancing global trends in the work of missions. Friends, this is just one way that we encourage and support the global partners that God has brought and has raised up here in our community at CNBC. None of it is possible without your participation through praying, through giving, and through actively commute or contributing in the volunteering of your time and energies towards the support of our partnerships. And the thought occurred to me, and Mike, this was a this was a thing of the Lord. I, there you are, Mike. Today, you prayed for Emmanuel. He's in my notes today. And it's, I, that it's so incredible. Because the thought occurred to me this week. Here we support Emmanuel. Emmanuel is serving in Ghana. And Emmanuel, one of the One of the things that he is doing in Ghana, among many others, you know Emmanuel, he keeps very busy, is he is training up ministry leaders in Ghana to plant churches, to share the gospel, and to see others come to saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, CNBC, we have a part of that ministry. Isn't that something that provokes joy? It does for me. Every time we hear update and the same is true with our gospel partners in Germany and in the Middle East and in South America and Asia and other locations around the world here in Lancaster. Even we share in their work, not always can we be physically present, but rather through faithful partnership, prayer and generosity. These workers are our partners, They're women and men who have been called as professionals into the work of the great commission it is an honor and it is a privilege to get to partner with them whether here or abroad and friends one of one of the coolest things about calvary monument bible church this is can we just celebrate the work that god does in our community here because this is pretty incredible when you look at the list of global partners that we support do you know how many of them were trained up right in this building you know how many of them participated in ministries like Awana and youth group here you know how many of them come back and they say Herb Fisher was my youth leader <laughs> or Dave Past- Pastor Bob was my pastor and you talk about faithfully showing up every single week and wondering if the work that you do in ministry has effect I talked to one of our volunteers today uh, who partners with our awana ministry tonight's awana kickoff how awesome is that going to be right super fun she's been volunteering in awana for over 20 years And, and still great energy and enthusiasm to do it why because it makes a difference because god is working god is raising up workers even now and we never know what child in a ministry right now at CNBC, 20 years down the road from now, is going to be planning a church or starting a seminary or starting a nonprofit ministry like Hope International or something like that that's going to impact parts of the globe all over. You just never know. It's amazing. What an honor, what a privilege, what a way that we can be part today. Of these ministries encouraging praying supporting our global workers these are tangible and practical ways vital ways that you today church congregation that we can participate in the mission and vision of our congregation here at cnbc and though we commit to this work both corporately and individually when we consider the scope of it we may feel a bit overwhelmed i guarantee you there's times that laura feels overwhelmed I guarantee you there's times that Matt feels overwhelmed, that Emmanuel in Ghana feels overwhelmed, that Jeff and Ann feel overwhelmed, that Mindy feels overwhelmed. Absolutely, this is understandable. It's a task that's unfinished, and it's a task that is global. And I am certain that Jesus' first disciples, as they gathered here, they had to feel that same weight go into all the world. It's a big world, Jesus. Are we going to do this? And that's why we're encouraged by the way that Jesus ends the Great Commission, right? Isn't it beautiful? Look at the end of verse 20. We don't do this work alone. And we can be encouraged that our global partners are not doing this work alone. Look at what Jesus says, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age we are not alone we serve the god of abundance and he is a gigantic enormous god who gives graciously when we need it we run into people in our community sheila and i all the time that'll stop us whether it's at the grocery store or somewhere else they know the testimony of our family and they're like we don't know how you, how you do it. How can you do it? And we tell them the ages of their kids, and they're like, no, thank you. Yeah. It, it, yeah, does it feel overwhelming? Absolutely. I'd say 99.9% of the nights that we go to bed, we have not an ounce of energy left in our bodies. And we wonder how we're going to wake up the next morning and do it all over again. And every single morning, God is faithful to deliver from his abundance, not ours. It does not come from us, I promise you that. Because there are days we forget about it and we think we're running the show. And no, but you know, as I was thinking about this, this week, there's a lot of people in our community that are hurting. A lot of people who are sick. A lot of people who are struggling, some with finances and job security, others with relationships. How does the Great Commission look in the muck and the mire and the grit of our day to day lives? How does it work when it's really really hard and we're just trying desperately to hold our marriages together or how does it look when it when going to work feels like such a task because our boss is just so hard what's the great commission look like when we're struggling with houselessness or we've been given a difficult diagnosis these are good questions. It's so important to remember we are not alone. We're not alone. In the course of this week, one person I visited with, it's incredible, recounted with me how they are leaning on God's grace and provision in this season and sharing with others how he has given them the strength to carry on despite difficult medical news that they received. Another person talked about drawing in and leaning on God's presence, de- finding dependence and strength as they relied on the Lord to walk through. Through Difficult season that they're in right now And friends I I had another one I visited with this week and I don't think she would mind me sharing this if she does i'm gonna Ask forgiveness in advance, but liz And it was wednesday and she shared about how the lord has laid on her heart uh, Through the last number of days maybe weeks The names especially of one friend that she shared with me does not yet know Jesus. And she said, I want her to know how I am able to walk through this journey with such hope and assurance. Friends, that's the spirit, the spirit of the Great Commission going into all the world. For some of us, our world's physically geographically speaking for some of us our worlds are kind of small it's our homes our families our neighborhoods our children our grandchildren our nieces and nephews our aunts and uncles we've been given four five six relationships to be faithful with to, to pray for to make disciples of for others of us is gigantic and we're parts of communities churches huge corporations We live in massive neighborhoods. We've been called to different parts of the world. We have networks that we've established over the years. All of us, friends, regardless of the size of our social circles, all of us can be faithful to the spirit of this calling. Every one of us. When we're hurting, point people to Jesus. When it's really hard, share about how Jesus gives us hope and light to keep going, motivates the endurance in us to keep shining in the spaces he's planning us. We might be lonely. Maybe we're lonely today. There are some here today who are lonely. Let me encourage you. You are not alone. God is with you, and he's working in you and through you. Keep shining. Keep taking the next step and watch what he does. In the lives of your children and grandchildren and neighbors and co-workers, you never know how God might be using your faithfulness to share and to shine for Him to draw another person to Himself. Disciple making was and is no endeavor to be taken lightly. We're going to hear from Laura here in just a few minutes, and, and I know. Uh, she walks alongside of the people that God has called into her life. And it's not always easy. And it's not always neat. And it's not always tidy. And we know this. Some of us have wayward children that we've discipled in our lives. And we pray for them every day. We want them to come to know Jesus. It's not always easy. But we're faithful to pray. We're faithful to share when we get the opportunity to fulfill the Spirit. Of the great commission to see God use us to draw people to himself to make disciples of all nations Friends, this is a command that is as relevant today It's a commission that's as relevant today as it was when Jesus gave it and it will remain relevant until the day that he returns And so we remain aware And mindful that God is working in us and through us he's bringing himself glory by using us to fulfill the work that he has given for us to do our team's going to come and we're going to sing about this great task that we are all going to face that we do face and that we can face with great assurance all that we need to do the work that he has called us to do we have in the person of Jesus And so we walk in obedience with great faithfulness as children of light, sharing the great hope that we have to carry to our friends and our family that we've been called to minister to. Team.